0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she
1: is, Andrea K.
0: You
1: know Woo! It's Friday night. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Girl, Andrea is still nowhere to be found, therefore I have the mic. I am your intrepid guest today, Justin Hart. Been here all week. It has been my pleasure with the incredible producer Noah by my side to make my way through yeah, this. We love having you in here, Justin. It's terrific. It's such a it's such a great hour to be here just as the sun starts setting. I'm, you know, I think we had actually a pretty nice day here in San Diego. And it looks like it's gonna be a great Saturday. Uh, but I You mean no rain? Well, no rain, and maybe even the overcast will be gone by the time noon is here. But it is, of course, Memorial Day weekend, and I'm guessing it's going to be a little crowded down there. Probably just a bit. That's right. You know, we haven't been able to rub three days of sun together here, but we have plenty of brain cells to rub together. And I want to bring you through the top news of the day. Of course, we're into day three of the full presidential campaign in its full force and vigor. And I tell you, this really is kind of the battle of Twitter. Uh, If you're on Twitter, you can't help. Your feed is just full of everything going through there. And you know how I know. Things are picking up. How do Noah? you know? Well, I, you know, my day job, and, and folks, I'm just going to ask your forgiveness in advance. right? My day job is I do uh, fundraising for political campaigns over text messages. You know, the, the crowds are, all, they're, they're banging on the door already saying why. This what you- bone deep, <laughs> down to the marrow stupid but it works you know look look look, a decade ago email was the king you made all of your digital money all of your small dollar donations over email and we're talking millions of dollars but think about your own experience with email now versus a decade ago right if you're like me my, my my, uh, my email just like an RSS feed. It just keeps going and going. I don't read anything unless it happens to get there like three times in a row. I have a
2: man that I know that he created, a dear friend of mine, a, almost a media empire. He's building a series of children's books, turning them into movies. And he is so highly organized. He might, By the he's, end of the day, he has no more than about five to six emails he's, he's in a, his inbox. He's
1: a zero inbox guy, right? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my phone right now, Noah. And of course, I got you know multiple email addresses because I'm a consultant, and I've I've had some of these email addresses for a decade or more. Uh-huh. It, it shows you next to it, right? It used to show it on the icon. Now you have to go in to get it, right? right. It shows you how many unread emails you have. Oh, let's see if you're anywhere near me. Okay, it, well, how will you tell me how many you have? Uh, personal or work? Oh, just add them together. Uh,
2: yeah, it's uh, hundreds.
1: Okay. Oh, that that's it of unread
2: emails. Yeah, because I can I virtually scan. I know which ones are important, which ones aren't. I, I take it you have more.
1: Uh, 930,681 unread emails. Wow. Because <laughs> over there, you know, look, it was my job to create before text messaging, fundraising emails. So I had to be in the know, right? So I signed up for everything. And those still come in. I just have rules that shove them to the side. But yeah, it's... Um, I used to go by those rules. But you know what? Sometimes they don't work. So, you know, if I if you had to guess, okay, I, I may have told you this, but I can't, what's the average age of someone who gives online, do you think? An online donation? An online donation? Yeah, you go on. A
2: campaign? Yeah. I'm going to guess, you haven't told me before. Okay. I'm going to
1: guess 45. Okay. It's actually 55. 55 to 65. And actually, the sweet spot is 60 to 89. Uh, how old is someone who gives a, a, a check over snail mail? Oh, I'm going to go... 70. 85 years old is the average age there. It's a really interesting motif. And the number one rule of fundraising is you give according to your means. So those are the people that have means, right? And then the second rule is you give to someone. You, 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 you know, people want to give to somebody. And, and so DeSantis enters the race, and all of a sudden, the reason I know it's heating up is my neighbors come knocking on my door, both at my office and over my phone, saying, how do I stop the text messages? Ah. And that was happening all day. So the the race is in full gear, and I think we're gonna that's gonna be heated for a while because they're trading blows right now on all things COVID. And the question is who was better with COVID, right? And, and you know, there's there's a lot of gaslighting going on because everyone wants to kind of rewrite history to make themselves the good guy. I'll never forget that clip of Governor Hotchel, right, who took over for Cuomo as the governor of New York. And this was maybe about six months ago.
2: I didn't think she was going to win, by
1: the way. Right. It was just awful. Just awful experience, right? When she and when she she's talking about closing schools and she says, closing schools, yada yada. And she pauses, she says, Wow, wasn't that a terrible idea? Wow. Wow. And you go, you and your your colleagues were the main drivers of those shutdowns. And again and again you seen what we we used to call. We had teams. No, we had team reality, which is where we were at. Yep. And then you had team apocalypse. Right. The sky was falling. That's you, accurate. You need to don three masks. You need to sacrifice. You your mean children. during the winter of death? Right. Exactly. And so when all of those all of those people on team apocalypse were jumping ship, trying to get to the lifeboat that we had laid out for them. Right. And, and I have a caveat, right? Like we had even Leanna Wen, Leanna Wen, who was like the worst epidemiologist. She basically said people who are unvaccinated should be forced to live a completely different life and lose their jobs. It was awful. But even she had to admit masks hurt kids, and shutdowns were wrong, and closing schools were wrong. And I have a caveat. I will absolutely provide forgiveness to those people. The, the catch admit is you were wrong. Uh, yeah. Admit that you were wrong. But the caveat is you must never, ever have an influence on public health policy again. I agree with you. So so that's the that's the the gist right now when it comes to um, all the news that's there. Now, we still have the the war in Ukraine and Russia going on. Now, I, I happen to know a little bit about it because I've I've lived I lived over in Eastern Europe for a time. I to oh, speak uh, Poland. I was there for two years, uh, 90s. So it was right before wow. uh, the fall of, uh, of communism there. And that was a really interesting time. Uh, and, and then uh, I do speak Russian. And I speak Serbian. My Ukrainian is rough. So I, I get some cool sources where I'm able to like scan them and say, oh, I know what they're talking about. Yeah. right? But the, And the people I talk to are kind of like we're in this doldrum of the war where we never know if it's going to like pick up and kill everyone or if it's just going to fizzle out. No one's quite sure what to what's going to happen there, so I I think there's you you hear big noise about massive bombings going on, people getting killed. That's probably true, but there's so much misinformation. And it's just a crazy mess Of course Lindsey Graham is over there today meeting with a Zelensky right or as Andrea calls him Lady Graham yeah Lady Graham and Lady Graham right there he was down there and he was promising them we will fight to the last man I don't know that was what we previously said I think to the Ukraine years ago but he's still he's still vying for it he's a weird guy and he's like a you know Trump is a huge supporter of his too it's just a weird relationship with this this single guy who's in the Senate for so long, who's kind of mealy mouth and sometimes will lower the boom but sometimes it's just like is this guy really a Republican? I know. It's a it's a strange web we weave on there. And and there there are a lot of people in that vein. Uh, my old boss, Mitt Romney, right? I was on the Romney campaign. I came very late to the campaign. They almost wanted to kick me off because I was such a uh, a muckraker there, uh, and my wife was on the campaign too, and so we we were both hey, like early in the campaign. I thought we were winning that one. Oh, we all did too. In fact, I remember the pollster came in the night before and he said we are gonna win this thing, and we all thought he was true. But uh, no, you know <laughs> those things. And there's nothing more deflating than spending four months of your life on uh, or more on a you know I, this was the big dance right and losing that was devastating but then you know he kind of and and you realize this guy strays far from the field too he don't know exactly what's going on anyways uh, being you know I lived in DC for a while and I can tell you things get corrupted all right and that's the that's really I think the lesson that that I hope that that Trump can learn and the the challenge is is like will he learn it right because the when I wouldn't even say, has he
2: learned it? Because he should know it by now.
1: He, he should, right? Because I, I, the, the the problem isn't, you know, COVID is just one thing, right? I got 22 other things with Trump that I have a problem with. And, and here they are. Ray, Bolton, Meadows, Munchen, Kelly... Millie, people Chow, Morosa, Cohen, Scaramucci, Sessions, Barr, Tillerson, Esper, Azar. I mean, these are all people we hired directly. And I think, you know, there there is a valid defense, which is to say that Trump went to drain the swamp and he didn't realize how swampy it was, and he'll he won't make those same mistakes twice. But I you know, I, it's it's not it's not a criticism he's immune to. It seems like there's a there's a there's a valid discussion to be had there, and I, in fact, I would like it for both sides, both DeSantis and for Trump, to say who who's going to be running your
2: show. Well, and Andrea and I want to hear him say it. You know, hey, right. you know, I made some tough, unfortunate, bad personnel decisions last time around. I'm going to be a lot more critical this time.
1: I hope that's the case. I mean, look, uh, right now he's the man to beat. And the thing has just got it started. So uh, you know, things really start taking place once the election hits. And the and the question, you know, like here is the tough thing: uh, you can count on one hand the number of staff, not just the cabinet, but the number of Trump staff who want to be working with him again. And maybe that's just a you know a, a calculus of it's it's tough stuff when the the guy is banging around the house like a, an elephant in a China shop, or if John Mulvaney has said uh, he's like a, a horse in a hospital. You, you, know, you think everything's going to be okay eventually, but it's, it's never happened before, right? A lot of things were unprecedented with President Trump. And uh, everything comes down to sort of demographics and, uh, ex- and, and basically name recognition in many ways. I, I know for a fact that Mitt Romney lost two to three points in many states because people didn't know him. Right? Everyone knows Donald Trump. And that was the most interesting thing about the election in 2016, because name recognition counts so immensely for every election out there. It's almost the number one thing that makes the determination if a person wins or not.
2: Oh, well, I agree. You know, and Trump had, did have the name recognition. Unfortunately, his campaign in 2020, it was a lot more generic and bland than it was in 2016, yeah. which is why... You know, despite some of the shenanigans that went on, I think it was actually turned out like it did because Hugh Hewitt's
1: written a book, one of my favorites. If it's not close, they can't yeah, cheat. Right, his first book there, and I think that's a tough thing because if it is close, then all sorts of shenanigans happen. And and again, what happened in 2016 is you had people with 100% name recognition, Clinton versus Trump. And now Clinton versus who's that guy in Florida, DeSantis. So he's got, uh, or I'm sorry, it's, uh, you know, it'll be Biden versus that. And, and the tough thing is trying to understand how is DeSantis going to get enough name recognition? But again, there is a case we made that if he becomes the Kingslayer, right? If DeSantis takes out that'll Trump.
2: That'll get a big name for him real quick. That,
1: that will get a big name for him real quick. And I'm not sure uh, yay or nay if that'll be a positive thing or not. All right, when we come back. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, productivity. Sometimes we call it productivity porn because it's so addictive. (laughs) We we mix the letters. We say productivity prone. That's what we'll say. Justin Hart in for Andrea K. Come back. I promise it'll be a good one.
0: A.K. Dynamite in a Dress. Or just Andrea Kaye, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego.
1: Mr. Robert Fulgram, you may know that name, was a very famous author in the 1980s. Before our phones, this would have been called a bathroom book. And I know it was there because almost every single one of your parents' homes or your home or certainly your grandparents' home had these in the 80s. Robert Fulghum wrote the book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Right, and The premise of the book is that uh, the world would be improved if adults adhered to the same basic rules as children. And each chapter is very digestible. It's only like a couple pages long maybe one or two pages each one and i loved those little lessons they were fun it became kind of the template for all the rest of the bathroom books remember uh kitchen soup for the soul or whatever it was called chicken soup for the soul there were like 10 of those books in my parents bathroom of course you know for those of you who are not under the age who are who are uh, not who are under the age of 40 or 30 even there was a time when we didn't go into the bathrooms with our phones because we didn't have phones like that. And so, and so we would bring books. Now, I remember this one chapter, one of my favorite. And he talks about how he went to a cobbler. It was a Jewish cobbler that uh, he had gone to for years. And he was a uh, a very recycling type of person. So, he had his old loafers <clears throat> and he brought them in. To uh, the repair shop, if you will, and said, "Can I, can I get these resold? Can I get these sort of fixed up? Can I get them shined?" The the old man kind of looked at him. He looked at the shoes, and then he said, "Give me a moment." And uh, he went to the back. When he came back, he gave him a brown bag with presumably the shoes that he had come in to repair. Because he had deemed the shoes not worthy of repair at that time. And so to that end, we had this crazy moment where uh, he went home and he opened up his bag and there were the shoes. But inside each shoe was a cookie wrapped in wax paper. Okay. The cookie was wrapped in wax paper and a little note uh, that said, Anything not worth doing is worth not doing well. And I think that's a great adage that you can bring into your own life. Do things fantastically well on everything you do, even if it's not doing it. I'll let you make, uh, make sense of that there. Uh, let me walk you through, these are my favorite, my favorite moments of excellent, stupendous, and really good tips on how to be more productive. First of all, it's, it's nigh 625 here on the West Coast, right? You're, you're probably getting sleepy. You've got a three day weekend. You're a little bit drowsy. It's been a long week. Yeah, that's right. Noah's just keeling over in the, in the booth there. And here's a tip. This is just to wake you up. Take your fingers and start at your earlobes. Okay. So you're going to pinch your earlobes from the back and just pinch them all the way up and down from the earlobes on up to the top and do that for just like 30 seconds to a minute. And that task alone will move a bunch of blood into your head and you'll be surprised at how it reduces your stress and creates instant dopamine. It's a really interesting thing. That's my physical task for there. Here's another task to start See, No, what do you think? Is that... You, you feel Actually,
2: I mean, I was already awake, but I actually kind of feel a little perkier. It's kind of weird. Right?
1: is that weird? It's pretty cool. It's, it's very v- weird. Yeah, it is very weird. It's a little thing like that. So that's just a, a thing to stay awake with me as I walk you through this. So uh, uh, another tool and tip that's there is that anything that takes two minutes to do or less, do it right then. I've always found that's a great rule for me because I look at the dishes and the sink and I go, oh, you know... I could do that later. But then I think, no, no, what's my rule? If it takes two minutes and I can, and I have that time, do it right then. Do it right then.
2: Well, yeah, because I mean that's excellent advice because suddenly, and I've had this happen many times, okay, I'll put this off till later. It only takes two minutes. And then suddenly you have this list of about 20
1: things. That's right. That's right. Uh, There was another, the, the father of time management, his name was Alec McKenzie, and he wrote a book called The Time Trap. This was decades ago, 1950s, 1940s, I can't remember. But uh, he was corresponding with uh, the head, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, I think it was, or Merrill Lynch. Whoever, whatever big money bags was back then, he was corresponding with them. And he said, Mr. McKenzie, I need a tip that will change my life. I need a productivity tip. And he, he, he wrote him back and he said, all right, here's what you do. Take the top three things that absolutely must get done today. 100%. These need to get done today. These are the most important things. And then start your morning with those and don't do anything else until those are done. Two weeks later, he got a check for $50,000 from the guy. He said, that was the best tip I ever got. So go right to Donald Trump and tell him your favorite tip and maybe, uh, maybe he'll tip you there for that. Of course the the guru of the last 20 years of all productivity as we call it productivity porn because it is addicting if you get into these things there's whole programs you know you you could spend as much as, as some people do on those those naughtier things Well what's what's funny is i remember
2: the, the you know the everything i need to know i learned in kindergarten yeah. and i just totally forgot about it these are great
1: right right it's so the the so there you have these planners that you can get right made famous by Franklin Covey, right? Stephen Covey, of course, he had his very famous book, uh, First Things First, and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he had a, you know, he, the, the Franklin Planner was a big thing in the 80s, if you remember. You had like these whole modules where every month, you know, you could basically, every day every day had a sheet, and you would go through and you put your task list. And there were three columns, right? One had an I, one had uh, a U, and the other one had a W. Okay, and so what you I stood for importance, you standed for urgency, and the W was the weight. I still do these. You still do these, yeah. I do them in Excel. That's kind of my thing too. I I I, I so I think they're tremendously helpful. They are. Now I I I will not I will say. I fall off the bandwagon many times and I have to get back up and do it again. But, but you know, so you, you put a one for most important and a one for most urgent and that gets a two in weight. So that becomes the highest, the lowest score, meaning that will move to the top of the list. So that's a, that's another technique you can, you can use for that. Uh, another one that I love. And so that, that was, that was by, uh, that was by Stephen Covey. The guru, the guru of all these things was David Allen and his thing, getting things done. And uh, he had a whole program, which was really interesting. But the most important thing you can do for yourself is go Google David Allen incompletion trigger lists. Because the thing with his, his whole mantra was, the brain is a fantastic place to have ideas and a terrible place to hold them. And that was his entire thing, is you need to spend every morning going through and using this trigger list, to just empty your brain and get it on paper. I mean, I just like... Look at this stuff. You just go through the trigger list. Household chores, classes, seminars, hardware store, pharmacy, neighbors, service work, civic involvement. And then, of course, you're going to have to fix your shoes. But they're probably unworthy of repair. Justin Hart here for injury K. We're coming back with a great guest talking about some prescient items in education.
0: News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Now we have seen in the news innumerable stories about your kids and what's happened to them in what is supposedly a school. And we've, we've talked yesterday to some great authors who both discussed just a massive indoctrination that's happening. And I, I tell you, at one point, I keep thinking to myself, I'm going to wake up because some of these stories I can't believe. And here to help us sort us out is our good friend of the show. Andrea has him on all the time. This is Bob Walters. Bob, great to meet you on air here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good to be here with you. Now, tell us... What is the skinny across the world? You keep a good tabs on this stuff, and we're so glad for that. Walk us through the latest headlines.
3: All right. Well, I'll begin with what appears to be good news first. Uh, Mass Resistance, which is uh, an activist organization of parents.
1: Oh, Massachusetts. uh, Yeah, I know them well.
3: Yeah. They they brought important pro-family legislative victories in Montana and North Dakota, which is great. Then... Fears of school shootings are prompting school boards across the country to ban backpacks that are not clear for easy visibility by the school administrators.
1: No, I, I got my kids, like, transparent backpacks for, like, their 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 trip across on a plane, but they're, like, three and five. I can't imagine that's very cool with the kids these days. Keep going. Keep going. This just go, just yeah, is great, Bob.
3: I agree. All right. A, a crowd of more than 50 recently protested outside the annual conference of the Pediatric Endocrine Society of San Diego over the organization's gender affirming policies and use of pu- puberty blockers and cross sex hormones
1: <laughs> that's the local parents, here that's local right here that that's killing me and and yeah. yeah in my mind I'm like how can that how can we possibly allow this and and they readily admit that this changes them forever there is no reversal of this thing it's, it's pure up, you know, mutilation in many ways, and, and it's crazy.
3: And a high percentage of them commit suicide by the time they're 20 yes. years old. It's
1: right. Wrong.
3: All right. A group of 20 high school students then kept from KPP San Jose College uh, confronted their school board over homeless people using drugs and leaving needles lying inside the building. Homeless are sleeping in the playgrounds and on the bathrooms. They even do drugs on the lunch tables. And leave their mess
1: behind, Bob. I'd ask you, how do they know it's not the teachers? Are they are they confusing the homeless people with their teachers? <laughs> I've seen some of their teachers. Probably, they could be they could be homeless. They're definitely doing drugs. I know that.
3: But in this case, I, I did see some pictures of the of the students laying on the ground and and uh, laying in the bathroom. No, nah, it's it's their physics
1: that. teacher. It's their it's the it's the humanities teacher, and it's the the feminist <laughs> teacher. They've all gotten together for lunch, and they're they're shooting up over lunch. Mistaken obviously for homeless people, and that's not too hard to do.
3: Yeah, that's true. All right, here's a strange one. Parents sue Brentwood School in Los Angeles. This school charges 50000 a year for students to get their education. I've never heard of something that high. And promises a liberal education that teaches kids how to think. But after George Floyd's death, they quietly modified the curriculum to teach kids what to think on anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is, Ray, Ryle, the parents to take action. They file a legal case. 500 yeah. of, the, of the parents have filed a legal case against the school. They get their money back.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, that's OJ's old stomping grounds. Maybe maybe he's teaching over there, too, now. Uh, you know, the class, uh, If I Did It. Uh, and that's part <laughs> of the DEI curriculum now.
3: That's unbelievable. All right, here's something new. Kenchita Elementary School, never heard of it, in San Juan Capistrano, is now teaching financial literacy to their children. Which sounds good. Parents are invited to attend these sessions if they wish, and it has the hopes that it will help them do better along with their kids in their lives and financially, especially for lower-class and homeless families, of which there are about 50 in this particular school.
1: What if they teach crypto there? And then basically they they said, we're going to take your 50 bucks, and here I'm going to give you a virtual coin, and then you have to have this wallet that's as long as your arm. And oops, nope, your money's gone. Got to teach them everything now. That's great. That's really interesting. Okay.
3: Well, hopefully they teach them some real literacy in financial control. There you but go. We'll see. All right, Los Angeles School District. When they gave a thirty percent pay raise to their teachers, did the same for the non-teachers, such as bus drivers, janitors, etc. But since rents have gone up one hundred fifty percent in the past twenty years, many are still struggling. So they are now looking to build housing for all of their non-teacher staff and build those houses on campuses. Hard to believe. 185 so far has been built, but many more are coming. They estimate 2,000 by the year, uh, two two, two years from now.
1: I want to know how much they paid for each one of those. I'm sure it's like a billion dollars.
3: It's going to be a bunch, yeah. And sitting on the campus, it's going to really squeeze the campus from having (laughs) playing fields to do something other than just
1: teach. All right, well, tell tell us now the crazy stuff. I want to get on to some of the crazy campus stuff that we're seeing.
3: All right college crazies when a person of color torches a number of students in berkeley and then sets them on fire the soros back district attorney in that county decided not to send them to prison or even put them on bail instead he placed him the criminal in a veterans treatment center where it is hoped that
1: he will get therapy that might wait help wait, him. wait, wait. He, he he did what he set some people on fire yeah seven <laughs> students Set them on fire, and this is my in, old stomping grounds. I used to go down to Berkeley for the weekend. I'd get a pizza from uh, from the the old place there on Main Street. What was that called? But I can't believe we're having to deal with this, and in one of the most affluent places there. Goodness, keep yeah, going. Just, it
3: just shows you how bad the thing has degenerated. Oh, more you Berkeley news. I see,
1: see here. Tell me, tell me more what else has happened in Berkeley there.
3: I say, here's, a, here's another Berkeley news for you. It failed to report the $240 million in donations and grants they got from communist China in the past three or four years. <laughs> the Much of this went to finance research on various projects of interest to the Chinese.
1: You know, th- that, that's going to gonna be a huge government. story. That's going to be a huge story as we unflo- yeah. uh, unload on that. Oh, my gosh.
3: And they did not report it to the federal government, which is are supposed to. But anyway, okay, some bad news. and a lot of that this week, regrettably. Mm boys must be allowed in girls sports to protect kids from elected bullies whatever that means says the election secretary of Joe Biden now any school which stops this invasion will lose all federal funding Ugh. some of the states are doing you know passing laws stopping boys from going into the girls bathrooms and That's, now they're going to lose their federal funding this is
1: crazy this is insane and especially when we've seen you know Boys who uh, become transgender absolutely wailing, wailing on top of these poor girls in their sports and yeah. causing some serious injuries. Ugh.
3: Yeah, and, and like they put a lot of the men in, in women's prisons, and the uh, next thing you had two weeks later it was 20 of them had, had, the women got pregnant. How did that happen with men that are now girls?
1: <laughs> but it's, 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 anyway. a, it's a mystery.
3: It is. All right, a new bill in California would require that menstrual products. He placed in all boys' bathrooms down to the third grade. <laughs> yeah. Oddly, it was sponsored by the Girl Scouts of San Gregorio Council.
1: Oh I my gosh!
3: Supported, but what? What did he have? Uh, any of us having periods any any man well or, I'll, I'll
1: tell you I got a, I got a text message from a friend of mine and uh, this had been making the rounds at her local school which in California again you're mandated to have this in one of the bathrooms at least and the the boys had taken the dispenser off of the wall and stuck it in one of the toilets and that caused quite the ruckus but it was quite the statement too wow all
3: right then you got sent out a school district to approved two new courses. Ethnic Studies, and History of Ethnic Studies. It focuses on examples of racism, colorism, and white supremacy in the daily life of kids in Santa Ana. 35% of the district is Hispanic, <laughs> but now it's totally a racist class that they're having uh, this starting this past semester.
1: Yeah, everyone wants us to get past race, but they, they teach us the only thing that's important. Crazy.
3: Yeah, it's amazing that the only people that are really racist are the liberals.
1: Now, this next one is really interesting because it's worse than the. Well, it's right up there with the 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 drag show that wants to go on there at Dodger Stadium, uh, making fun oh, of Catholic yeah. nuns here. But what? Tell me this next one here. I was just reading ahead.
3: Well, the next one is, is they got a big sign that says "God is trans <laughs> transgender," okay. a, a queer spiritual journal on display at the Church of Saint Paul. Members were shocked, but the clergy declined to comment. I mean, are you kidding me? And a lot of these gay uh, drag shows are going on in churches, with parents bringing their kids to be indoctrinated in churches.
1: Right. Uh, right. Well, it's, really it, it's getting a little, a little dicey out there. All right, keep going here. This is a good one.
3: All right. Bill Gates has announced the artificial intelligence can replace teachers and do a better job than what goes on now. <laughs> this is true, he says, for English history and math.
1: Now look, I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent of AI, as listeners to the show know. But I'm also very cautious, especially Microsoft, you may not know, is one of the big owners of Chat GPT, and ChatGPT exclusively uses Bing Search Engine now. So now Bill Gates will define for you what English is, what history is, what math is. He'll also define to you what health is, and he's got his moobs his, his, <laughs> that, uh, that basically don't look terribly healthy to me. So uh, that should be Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill.
3: It's a dangerous trend. Really, it is. No lie. Okay, here's another crazy one. Hmm. Doesn't the school district embrace equitable grading? But this is setting the kids up for failure in their life. Self-discipline is a form of white supremacy, so they say. (laughs) Thus, grades, tests, and other forms of academic vigor need to be removed. (laughs) Equitable Grading says no student should get a fail even if they don't complete the work or come to class. Test, homework, completion, attendance should have nothing to do with their final grade. They're all symbols of racism, and they all deserve at least a 50% Right. No right. It yeah.
1: reminds me it reminds me of that episode or that, that movie The Incredibles, right? The great Pixar movie. And basically he's yeah. trying to get rid of all super people and he's trying to like amp up everybody and try to fake their superpowers. And his ending line or his line there was and when everyone's super, nobody will be. This type of equity just drives me <laughs> nuts, and that's the the crazy thing in that. Well this is crazy stuff. Bob, thank you so much. We are, we're going to keep you on here for this next one. I want to hear all about the next set of crazy articles we've got here. Let's get a, let's keep it going. Okay, hang on just one all second, right. Fred. We, okay, be right back.
0: Andrea K, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show
1: on the Answer San Diego. I don't want your donuts. No, Andrea, you can keep that. I will have my. Blondie's Pizza, please. That was the name of the place. Still there after 42-plus years. You'd go down to Berkeley. Mama put you on BART for $15. bucks. you would go down there and you'd take five of those. And then you'd buy yourself a $4 slice of the biggest slice of pepperoni pizza you could find. And, of course, Berkeley gone to pot. It's probably not even there anymore. But uh, tell us some more fantastic, crazy news coming from the world of education. Bob Walters is with us here.
3: <clears throat> yeah, sadly but true. More and more school are turning to a four day classes due to the teacher shortage. And Bill Gates says it will have a no negative effect on the kids' education. Oh, you know, the, see, we give the teachers a thirty percent increase this past month, and now we're talking about reducing their work time twenty percent. And it hurts the kids; they're only getting four days of school, not five.
1: It's true. Now I have to tell you, you know, I, I've I've have a friend uh, who tells me that. Uh, one of their teachers basically went a little crazy uh, all sorts of covid things happened right masked up to the hilt uh, everyone became concerned that these kids were vectors of disease and now the the that's what the the teachers were taught they, they were taught they were going to die if these kids ever touched them and some of the teachers still <laughs> believed that and that's one of the reasons why we have these shortages is they couldn't handle it they they they'd come in these Poor kids, their 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 hands. He was telling me would be worn to the bone because they were just the the teacher was making them wash them all the time. And then you know if they if they sniffled once, she put a mask on him. What a it's a difficult difficult thing for these teachers when they had to when they were told so fiercely, don't let the kids touch you. And then they had to go back to normal. And I think it, it broke a lot of them. I think that's one of the reasons why we have that shortage.
3: Yeah, it's just all lies. But it did create that situation. All right, then you got teachers at Westgate high school, got fired for giving students zeros rather than 50% for not submitting their homework. They didn't do the job. They didn't come to school, didn't do the homework, so she gave them zeros, and then she got fired.
1: Wait, so so they didn't do the homework, and she's supposed to give them 50% just for being yeah. in the class or something?
3: Yeah. just just Yeah, you don't want to actually fail anybody. Ugh. That's a good, good, good teaching for their future life as an adult. Oh,
1: man. They- yeah, you're right. That is good. You know, it's like well, all of a sudden you, you don't complete, uh, you know, that uh, that file that needed to be turned in for the major proposal that you're going into this Fortune 500 company, and they go, uh, "Wait, you're going to get demoted? Why not? I showed up. I'm here at work, aren't I? Well, where's your paper? Where's your file? I don't need it. Don't I get some credit? Nope. Yeah, great lessons for our kids there. Right, keep going, Bob. These are great. These are terrific.
3: All right. Bathrooms at the top of the list for San Francisco Public Schools, and it's asking for $1 billion bond to restructure of the bathrooms so they can be gender neutral and be cleaned and upgraded. This while their students are doing so poorly in class education, and 30% don't even show up for class on any given day.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So, we, let's,
3: <laughs> let's fix the bathrooms. Yeah, let's get the bathrooms good.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I tell you, I was talking the other night about San Francisco and how they're giving away... A, a a what we call you know uh, a basic income for anyone that kind of wanders on and says uh, i'm one of these 93 genders uh, and so I, I think in the end they're going to have 93 different bathrooms for everyone and uh, it should be a very interesting motif as you walk down the street and you try to figure out uh, which two which is the bathroom for two spirits but for two spirits do they have like two urinals and Do they have you know two latrines? I'm not, I, I'm, not yeah, sure I'm not
3: sure how many urinals they're putting in the girls' bathrooms. So they got to be more than one. Well, but you know,
1: <laughs> LGBTQ. I mean, you just need one there. But the you know they've added now two. The number two to the end of the acronym. And so my question yeah. is, do a two spirits? Do they require two bathrooms? or do, maybe they just go twice? I'll, I'll, I'll have to figure that out. I don't know.
3: It's just crazy, really crazy. All right. A Nevada middle school teacher calls white people problematic and claims Education Day is racist. History is whitewashed and she's at the Hyde Park middle School in Nevada that's the type of indoctrination being taught to these kids rather than English and history and math
1: <laughs> well it, it seems to me that she probably got applauded for that she's probably going on to you know a college university professorship with that because uh, that's that's you know that's <laughs>
3: probably so the liberal be very happy it's with, hardly controversial
1: with I mean like, I, what's crazy is out of your entire list here of things that's like the least One that I'm surprised at, because I think I've heard it like 17 times over. Crazy.
3: (laughs) All right. Then you get Maryland, which has now reversed the trend done by most states by passing a law to pay for transgender treatments for children uh, anywhere in the country. So the GOP voted no. All the Democrats voted yes. This includes the transportation to any state where they might need to go to get uh, transgender treatment and chemicals. This is tough,
1: you know. I I, I have I have uh, I have some friends who who are very close to that community, right? And what's crazy is they will tell you they're completely opposed to this. They're com- like yeah. a lot of the transgender people, the true transgender people, the people that you know have true gender dysphoria and have tried to deal with it the best they can. They will tell you this is just dead wrong because you know you're you're just not. It's so funny. It's like we can't give a kid a tattoo but but we'll give them a double mastectomy i mean this yeah. makes no sense and and why we would ever allow that is beyond my brain they say that the human brain does doesn't really fully develop until you're 23 24 25 they can't vote they can't drive and yet basically we're going to chemically castrate them it's just this is it, it's, it's it, it, the, the, i mean there's i think there's almost 100% agreement that this is nonsense. It's like that one small sliver of people, and really, it's not them. It's just this social contagion, and they they want to be seen. You know, it's a it's a virtue signal, right? This is the ultimate virtue signal. If I can demonstrate to you that I am coof enough, I am I am sophisticated enough that I am totally fine lopping off, um, uh, d- giving a a twelve a year old a double mastectomy, and uh, you know, filling them full of irreversible drugs then I've I've truly come of age. It's just, it's unforgivable, and, and it's un, indefensible.
3: It really is, and it's a bad trend. Final point I got from last week is Colorado Teachers Union passed the resolution that capitalism is inherently exploits children, public schools, land, labor, and resources, and it should be condemned in the name of socialism as a proper way to go.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Colorado <laughs> Teachers Union. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say how you fight this, too. I mean, Bob, you, you've been around for a while. What, what's the one thing that you can tell our audience on what they can do to to sort of quell this out?
3: Well, when you hear something is going in a resistance to stop something going bad, join your neighbors and, and protest it. Otherwise, try to help somebody get elected to the school board to take it over. Just so we control the school board, we, we can't stop this going on.
1: Spot on, as always. Bob, great to meet you over the air here. Thank you for the info. Everyone, please find for me the answer. How many latrines does a two-spirit need? uh, I'm going to get kicked off, aren't I? Justin Hart.